Hi, good evening everyone. This is Nadine Morenti Moss, broker of J. Moore Realty. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sale. Thank you so much for joining us. I know I took a sabbatical. I took a little hiatus, but we're back before the end of the year and I have a special, I actually have two special guests. I'm going to start with one and uh, these guests are very, very dear to me. They're my family members and I'm going to start with uh, my introduction first to real estate and why I chose these guests to interview today. My introduction to real estate started at a very, very early age. I started to take notice and pay close attention at the age of six or seven years old. I grew up in a building with my mom in a one-bedroom apartment and at the age of five, it was just the two of us. Then it increased to three, then four, and ultimately it was five of us in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, East Flatbush. I vividly remember at the age of 10 sitting down with my mom asking her, why don't we own our house? And she said, because she can't afford it. I asked her how much money she made and what was the criteria to becoming a homeowner. Uh, she made it apparent to me that it was a very, very uh, hard time for her to afford a property and she made it also seem like it was a far-fetched dream uh, so at that point I knew that you know I, I in my mind I couldn't fathom why it was so far-fetched because I looked at my family members I looked at my aunts and uncles and saw that a lot of them own homes and why was it so hard for us so I looked at my father and saw that at the time he had three homes and this leads me into my formal introduction of one of the main reasons why I chose a career path in real estate today I will be interviewing my inspiration the one whom I've watched for decades and looked to and looked to and took heed from at uh, the importance of an asset and what that really means I would like to introduce to you Gerard Morenci, who is my father, AKA Poppy. One of his favorite quotes about real estate is when you are buying, always look for a property you can build sweat equity. In other words, don't buy the best house in the worst neighborhood, buy the worst house in the best neighborhood, or simply buy a distressed property, rehab it and let it appreciate. My dad, like many of you listening, is an immigrant. He hails from the country of Cap Haitian, Haiti, and out of five siblings, he was the second to migrate to the U.S. When he came, his eldest sibling said, now I am passing you the torch. In other words, I helped you here, and now it's your turn to bring the rest of the family to the States. At the age of 16, he had three jobs and barely had enough time for school. <clears throat> In 1985, at the age of 31, he had already bought eight family members to the States and decided to purchase his first home, a multi-family house in the Flatlands area of Brooklyn. In 1988, he purchased a Nehemiah home in Brownsville for, do you remember how much that was? Yeah. How much? 74000 It was a corner house. $74,000. And in the same year, he also purchased a multi-family as an investment in East Flatbush from the VA auction. Now, I'd like to formally introduce Gerard Morenci. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you very much. Good evening. <laughs> so what and when was your aha moment that real estate was a way to build wealth? Uh, it was about uh, when I was uh, 16, I remember, and I was looking towards uh, my oldest brother, which is, uh, he just passed away last year. Uh, he was, he had already owned a couple properties in Boston. Uh, I always ask him, how do you do it? And he says, just simply look, watch, read, understand. Uh, I said, what do I need to understand? He says, read the book on real estate. If that's going to be interest you, so continue to, to read the, um, to read the books. And I've been saying that I, I looked around and I looked at him and saw the way that he's managing his property. I asked him, how much funds do you need? He says, by the time you're ready, you may not need that much money. Or you're probably going to need between five or eight or max $10,000. And this was in the 80s? In the 80s, correct. Okay. Okay. And um, I said, oh, really? Well, if that's the case, I can, I can do that. Then, um, sure enough, and I start... Uh, I stopped working. When I stopped working, I was going to school, work at the same time, and save at the same time. Now, people don't believe that if you save $10 today, it's not going to add up. If you save $10 today, $10 this week, $10 next week, by the end of the year, you will see how much ten dollars that you have been saved mm. i had a i had a way where i used to save my money i i used to go the old-fashioned way i have an envelope and i put ten dollars in there and that ten dollars i put the data in it date on that envelope and i put that money that money is not for me it's money that i save i don't need to go to the bank because it's easier for me to save $10 at home instead of go to the bank. Because it was there wasn't that many banks around at that time. Now every corner you turn, there's a bank. Uh, those years, there was no banks all around every corner. So mm -hmm. you literally have to drive or walk or take the train to get to, to the bank. So therefore, it was easier for me to save the money at home. Now, when uh, I was doing that, and I, when the money got to the point, then I take it to the bank. Then that's how I start uh, saving money to, to buy the first home. Okay. So, all right. So you bought your first home in 1988, right? Correct. Okay. And what was your intention when you purchased the house? What was... Oh, we have... <laughs> no okay what was your intention when you bought this house did you have an intent to buy it and and flip it or buy it and stay there for your with your family or what was the intent the intention was is to stay with the family okay. we used to live in the building uh, which is in on Lefferts Avenue <clears throat> and 
after I migrated to US, then I had my my younger brother that was left back with my mother, with my nephew. Uh, then my oldest brother, the one that was in Florida that brought us here, as you mentioned your, in your op opening, that um, he was the one that brought us here. But for some reason or the other, we all, four of us, weren't able to come at the same time. No, I got my visa first, then I head to U.S. He created the path. Now I have to open the door for the rest to come. Now, when I bought that, that property, I didn't really buy it for investment. I bought it for us to live together because we were together in Haiti and we, we want to stay together in the U.S. So we're not going to let the, 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 the U.S. separate us. So we're always okay. together. Okay. So therefore, we I bought that property. It was a three family, and we all living in different apartments. Right. Um, that was the intention. Then I had all the opportunity that comes around, and sometimes when opportunity knocks, you got to try to figure out what is the best way for you to use that opportunity because certain opportunity that comes in, it doesn't come twice. Right. It only comes once. Right. And if you missed it, and the boat is not going to wait for you. For you. <laughs> exactly, yes. It's underwater. It might turn around, right. but it's not going to wait for you. That's right. And same as the train. You get on the train, you miss the train, you got to catch the next train. That's right. So therefore, you have to try to figure what is your next step. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because this right here leads to another question. Now, I need to introduce also, we have sitting here with us, Bernard Morenci. Bernard is my uncle. He is also my godfather. And he too also uh, purchased uh, a house at an early age. But we'll talk about what homes they purchase, affordable housing options. Um, I like the fact that you brought up opportunity because it leads me into a question that you had an opportunity to purchase an affordable housing. Can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Gerard? And then we'll talk about the opportunity that Bernard received yeah it's 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 easy some of us are afraid uh, uh, I would say fears are, are certain things I don't have any fears I recall that uh, when I, I when I bought the affordable housing it's like it's a near my house property they were they had different phase uh, I was driving one day. It was a Saturday. I was doing. I, I was working. I was doing. I was uh, working with a doctor, so therefore I was delivering X-rays and all that. And um, I was driving on Mother Gaston, which is East New York, and I saw a line. When I seen a line, I pull over and I stop, and I asked the people that were on the line. What is that line for? They said it's application for Nehemiah houses. At that point in time, they were on phase one. And I said, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my chance. Uh, people say, well, maybe you may not make it. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it. I have faith, and I'm going to make it. And sure enough, I went online. They gave me the application. I said, can I have another application for my brother? They said, no, you can only have one application, and today's the last day. Wow. I said, really? Okay. And sure enough, 
and I took the application and I fill out the application it took us several years before I was called because you got to go on a waiting list, put you on a waiting list and after I got called they showed me that the first property which is in Riverdale uh, across the street from the swimming pool uh, I didn't like it because of whatever reason that okay. was I didn't like it so I said okay they said you may not get another one because that's your opportunity I said okay if it comes it's okay and I know something else is gonna come I said you willing to wait I said yeah we're gonna put you back on the list and then we'll call you when the next phase is available sure enough I waited and they called me I got a pretty home it's a corner house big house in the corner house and at that time all I had to do come up with five thousand dollars wow that's Ooh. it five thousand with five thousand I bought a nice property corner property on top of that a three bedrooms two bath corner house nice and that's how I got the the second home okay nice so can you tell us a little bit how you were able to finally get an application for Bernard for him to get a house and then I'd like to hear Bernard well uh, the, the one of one of the way that is not a really an application I had gotten for him um, because the builder was when when they were when I bought the property after closing the builder see me like I was active and I was greedy motivated motivated I would, well okay I'll use I, I, I'll take that I, I mean, harsh. yeah okay all right, so, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> I was motivated then um, he says uh, if you see something else would you answer interested I said of course why not then every now and then I I go to the office after I move into the property the office only a, was a block away and every now and then I, I go in there and I, I forgot uh, I forgot his name but every time I go in there I ask for him and he says I don't have anything available yet I don't have anything available yet as soon as I have something you'll be the first one to know I said okay and one of these days uh, that he comes and ring my doorbell he says Mr. Morenzi I have something available it's going to be in phase three I said where he says in Essex. I said, "Can I take a look?" He says, "Yeah." Sure enough, I drive out there and gonna take a look. And I call my younger brother, which is Bernard. I said, "Bernard, there's something available. Can we do it?" He says, "Yeah, I don't have any money." I said, "Don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna do it." He says, "How are we gonna do?" I said, "Don't worry. We're gonna do it." Then uh, the builder says how long that you guys could could get this property I said sir we can get this property if you want within 48 hours he says how are you gonna do it in 48 hours at that time this property was even cheaper than mine because it was I think it was 48,000 was cheaper than that I because yeah so so I said you know what it's not not a problem and sure enough I said how much you got See, I got a little whatever the money he had. I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to 
pull out my credit cards everything I had out all my credit cards which is most of them were about ten thousand dollars each at that time so I use all of them with his what he's got to get it that's how we were able to put it in 48 hours the the builder could not believe that so you bought that house cash cash oh cash with all your credit cards with all credit cards but the plan is like I told Bernard my younger brother I said this the way we're gonna do this is this we're gonna buy it it takes me about a couple months to pay a minimum I'm gonna pay my minimum in the credit cards and then within the two months we're gonna refinance and pay off all my credit cards and then you own the house and that's how we do it Wow so I mean that right here everyone who's listening can you just please just take a second and think about the strategy and the creativity that these two did to purchase a home there was an opportunity that as he mentioned earlier he didn't realize or, or no he didn't know if that opportunity would come around again and they sat down and thought about it and said okay we have to make it work I mean that's not an ideal situation but ultimately it worked out because you purchased the house a Nehemiah Gerard and then Bernard purchased the house and now I'd like to talk to Bernard because Bernard you purchased this house okay in what year 1988 1988 okay and when you purchased this house you still own the house still on the house how much My is baby <laughs> <laughs> that was your first house first house <laughs> how much how much do you think this house is worth today or do you know well this house is worth 500 and something yeah right now as we talk it right well right. first of all I'd like to thank you Nadine for inviting me to your show tonight and uh, I appreciate that you uh, take of us to be in your show because we have uh, we have an outstanding story yes you did guys your do. audience yes I know so uh, <laughs> to begin with the story is that uh, I was 24 years old Wow living in the projects making seven dollars an hour Wow didn't know what really houses what is house buying a house is all about until my brother give a call me says look you want to get out of the projects I'm gonna help you out I said me owning a house I couldn't sleep all night when he called me <laughs> Wow and I said yeah I would love to because uh, at that time my wife was pregnant with my first child and I say, oh, okay, owning a house. And uh, I said, but I can't afford it. I don't have. I only have four thousand dollars in my bank account. Says that that's good enough. And he, like he said before, he went on uh, borrow money from his credit card. And uh, well, we were beggars at that time. We go around begging everybody to borrow money. But I, I, well, God is so good. Yes, He is. And uh, we, we find He find the money for me 
Factor is credit card. And uh, we purchased a house. And it was a, it was a beautiful house and still a beautiful house. And I don't plan to sell it right <laughs> now at all. Because every time I look at it, I look at that house, I see myself where I come from. My daughter now, when I purchased that house, my daughter was 34 years old. My wife was pregnant. Right. And now she's 34 years old. Right. Wow. Wow. And I plan to keep my first house. That's... I don't know. Until God called me, whatever my kids want to do, but it's still, I love that house. Me and that house, we have a special bond. And uh, and I like to really, it gave me this opportunity to really thank my brother, you know, for, for the courage and uh, understanding that he, he, he didn't think twice. Mm-mm to uh, help me mm. through this process. He went on, he didn't say, well, it, what if this guy don't pay? I'm, I'm stuck with, right. with loans. But God blessed me and he, we find a mortgage and uh, up to today I still thank him. That is super, that's an amazing story and I'm so uh, humbled hearing it because I, I, I remember coming to your house on the weekends and hanging out and and even I remember coming to the projects when I was younger right. and I never thought anything of it I never thought about you know we just we had a roof over our head you know I would come and hang out and but to hear the story now in hindsight and think about it and think about the sacrifices that the two of you made to make it work to make it happen that's so inspiring and impressive and I hope it inspires Many of you listening because um, we can't do it on our own. No, we, definitely we, not. We definitely need help um, along the way because we're we we're not put on this earth alone, so we shouldn't do things alone. Um, that's that's an amazing story. Um, now, can I just say, uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah Housing? I, I have to stop right there because that. They were like the leaders of building affordable housing for a very long time. Right. Yes. And now you have a lot of people building. You have a lot of affordable housing developers. But, but to me personally, mm-hmm. right now, what they call affordable housing, they are not. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's my personal opinion. Because mm-hmm. how you call an affordable housing and then people paying in a studio apartment, per se, now they paying $1,200. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How affordable is that? Yeah. Um, so, apparently, it goes by the area median area median income. So HUD, the Housing Urban Development uh, Federal Government Ag- Entity Agency, they have uh, area median income for each state and each, and then they break it down into different uh, communities. Uh, so they go based off of, I guess, the, the U.S. Census, and they go based off of income and the population. But, yes, you are correct. $1,200 for a studio apartment is really is still not affordable. You have a lot of teachers who are making, what, $50,000, $60,000. And if you're paying $1,200 for a studio, how, that's not really that affordable. For Even for, you know, working a teacher mm-hmm. or a, 
a postal worker. Right. So I, I agree with you. But I, I do want to go back to, to Nehemiah because Nehemiah gave so many people opportunities to purchase homes under $100,000 in the 80s. Yes. And now these homes are selling for a half a million dollars, a little bit even even a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I sold a... a I sold a couple of Nehemiahs, one recently, what, I think two months ago. And it's amazing to see all the grants and subsidies and uh, that's able to make those homes affordable and how much equity people are able to realize. So I, I think that people listening in, I remember when, I, I remember you telling me stories and you telling me stories about how people would make fun of people moving into Nehemiah homes saying, oh, what kind of homes yeah, are those? Yes. Those are makeshift homes and making fun. But those same people now can't even touch these houses. These houses, and how much money this these homes are able to build the wealth that it was able to build As a matter for of families. Fact, uh, a friend of mine who used to live uh, two hours away from from me, and he called me. He says, "You still own that house?" I say, "Yeah." What it is, he bought the house the same time with me. And didn't like the neighborhood. Ah. And he sold it uh, three months after. Three months after he bought yeah. it? Yeah. He bought it for, I think, $88,000. Wow. And he sold it for $90,000. Versus, I kept mine. Right. I bought it the same price right. with him. Now mine worth 500 plus. Oh, wow. So, did he go on rent after he sold it? Well, he? he went, yeah. He went to Miami. Okay, so he he probably bought something. Yeah. But wow, that's yeah. Some yeah. some people and and like you always say, you have to have the vision. You have to yeah. have a vision. You have to think long term. Don't think about. Sometimes you might, again, you might not buy the you you might not buy in the best community. But right. when you have a vision and knowing that real estate is going to appreciate, that that's super important. Well, one thing I always said to people. Uh, New York real estates, especially, I can say within the four boroughs. I don't know Staten Island much, but I can tell you about the four boroughs: Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx. Properties in those four boroughs may not lose values uh, as in the other states. New York is always a supply and demand always the bubble my burst and give it a chance and you will see you're not going to lose your money I haven't said that properties investment properties is not for everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of headaches going with it some people cannot take pressure some can handle it some cannot uh, is not something that I would really advise anybody and everybody to do. You have to do your homework. If that's a plan, is that a goal you would like to do, or uh, you like to reach, then you have to do your homework. Can you accept a certain tolerance? How high is your risk tolerance? And if you have a high risk tolerance, then it's for you. But if you have a low risk tolerance, then that's not for you. So let's, that's, that's a good segue. Let's get into investments. Now, the both of you own, own you still own investments. Correct. Um, 
let's let's start with Dende. Dende, you own. Sorry, then there's Bernard. <laughs> now I have to go into nicknames because again, my comfort level is. <laughs> um, so, you own um, two uh, two investments right now. Right. In New York. In New York. In New York. So, I know tenant issues. Tenant issues. Um, it, that that goes along with risk. You know, you have to deal with personalities. You have to deal with payments, late payments. Now, how do you how do you address in your experience? How do you address those issues with tenants? Calm and cool. Okay, that's a good one. Well, to going back to, uh, I like to mention something. Going back to near my houses. Uh, you know, because of that one house, I was able to purchase two more houses after that. Right now, I own a three-family house because of that near my house. And uh, yes. I own uh, another family, in family house in Queens. A one and family, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was able to purchase one, another one in Brooklyn which is on Wemson. Yeah. And it's because of near miles. Now going going back to a tenant now, it's a different story. You have to be open minded. You have to understand, you gotta put your place as a, a on, on their shoes. Understanding that what type of job they doing? Are they are they having issue in the jobs? Sometimes, and have uh, are they having issue in the family? Sometimes two of them, uh, husband and wife, could come in and rent a house from you, an apartment from you. But then again, the wife or the husband lose a job. Are you gonna be worth on that tenant? Say, I want my rent, I want my, my rent. No. Some landlord, they'll go by, look, you can't pay rent, I'm gonna kick you out. But life is not like that really sometimes. All my uh, tenants, they all love me. They don't have the money this time. I say, okay. When you have it, just pay me little by little. And uh, it's not a wise idea, really, because it doesn't work for everybody. Right. Some people up there, uh, uh, they're ready to take advantage. Take advantage of exactly, you. exactly. But uh, with me, now I've been lucky. I talk to my tenant, and they work with me, and I work with them, and we have a great relationship. That that's amazing. That's actually impressive and admirable because, especially like you said, you have professional tenants who know the system they know how to work landlord tenant court and landlord tenant court and i say it all the time yeah it in happened. brooklyn is brutal it to landlords happened. yeah yeah i've been in court twice already but fortunately enough you didn't have to go on for months and months without rent no so no. that you've been very blessed and fortunate thank god thank god for that so yeah. now i know per firsthand <laughs> your experience with uh I, I, tenants, but there's one in particular that I remember very vividly, and I, I bring this up. Uh, I brought it up a few times to some of my, my, my clients. 
you had one tenant. Who was your favorite tenant? You had this tenant for, ye oh boy, for decades. And when it was time for you to sell your property, you didn't expect this tenant to, to turn the way she did. Would you like to share? Yeah. What it is is really before we got into to that situation, can you imagine that a tenant with a three bedrooms, two bath, dining room, paying nine hundred dollars a month? In the two thousands, like that was. Uh yeah, uh, two. Uh, no, from nineteen ninety eight until two thousand. Whenever she decided to move out. Like, which is about 2014 yeah 2014 uh, this tenant was really a tenant per se she said I was the best landlord there was and she knew that there was no way she could get that apartment on East Flatbush on top of that a hot neighborhood steps away from the train like steps, steps away <laughs> literally steps away you you walk 10 steps you're right there at the train station mm -hmm. and <clears throat> she always said to me $900 I I respect that she likes me she likes the way I operated the minute that she she having any, any little problem problem solved and one day Taxes, the taxes were not one day. Taxes was going up in the neighborhood. Uh, everything was going up. I told her, I said, "You're gonna, I'm gonna raise your rent a hundred dollars. So you're gonna pay me a thousand. I give her three months' notice. I said, "This is what, this is how we're gonna do it. You don't have to give me all the hundred dollars all at once. You're gonna give me twenty dollars." every month until you reach a hundred and then we catch up from there she says no I'm not paying you I'm not accepting the increase I said how you're not accepting the increase I thought he was she was joking you saying to me all the time I'm the best landlord and you know the water goes up taxes goes up each time I got those notices from this from the city and I show her all these notices and she said she decided she says I'm not paying you I'm not paying you the increase therefore I'm not paying you period <laughs> oh, God. so she was in your apartment not paying you for how long half let me get let me get two <laughs> so after I asked I said listen you can't do that I've been working with you you've been working with me why you not accepted that increase a famous word to me at that time take me to court I said why would I take you to court I'm asking you for a small increase well I'm not paying you take me to court again I think she was still joking uh the month went by i went to collect she said i told you i'm not paying you the second month went by 
She said, I'm not, I told you, I'm not paying you. I said, well, what do I do now? You have a tenant that tells you all the time you're the best landlord. And now she says she's not paying. What do I do? Because I'm looking at, I have to go and spend money, hiring an attorney, wasting my time, her time, and time is an essence. So do we need all of that? I said, okay, let's try to come up to a compromise. She said, I'm not compromising with you. Take me to court. At that point in time, I believe something else was on her mind, or maybe friends was brainwashing her. I don't know, but I, I'm not going to talk about this because I really don't know for sure. Until that, I decided, I said, you know what, three months, I said, I have to do something. I have to collect. I went to an attorney, and we finally filed a landlord tenant. We went to landlord tenant court. When we got to the destiny to the court, she, which is now we're going into five months, because they had to give us 45 days. Uh, first, you got to serve her the five days notice or three days notice. Then you got to serve at the 30 days notice. After 30 days, then you got to serve the summons. So we went into 45 days in total. When we get to court, she says she she needed an attorney. So the court have to sign an attorney. Postpone the case for another 45 days. Come back the 45 days later. So let me ask you this. How, how long was the overall time that she was there in the apartment without paying rent? 11 months. So you didn't get collect rent for almost a year. And you still have to pay everything else, everything. like you said. I still have to give her service. And yeah, exactly. So you you have to pay continue paying your mortgage, and you also have to provide Eat. heat, water. Yes. And she pays her light. So, what did she want up doing when she left? She went and bought a house. <laughs> and what's the irony of this? She bought a Nehemiah house at that, Nehemiah. didn't she? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, that, indeed. I find that to be ironic. Not, yeah. it's not funny at all. I just find. No. The irony in the well, how do I find out? Because with the, with the state of New York, when you have a change of address, especially if you're buying a house, yeah, they would send you a notice. Yes. That if it's with your tenant, whoever that whoever that person was, they send you a notice to let you know that the person do move out out of your your property. Oh, okay. Then they put the old address and the new address. Right. And that's how I find out. You bought a house. Amazing. And then That's when I went to look at the address, sure enough, I drove by. Not too far from where I used to live years ago in Nehemiah houses. So anyone listening who own who's an investor who owns property and your tenant is not paying, chances are they're saving for for a down payment for their house. So hopefully uh you're a landlord in a state that you don't have maybe New Jersey where you can get someone out of your place in 30, 45 days as opposed to a whole year. I don't know. This the system in, in New York is horrible, especially it's it's rough on landlords. Now, I'll, what are some of the tips that you could share with some millennials who want to buy a house now in New York, especially in New York? What's some what are some tips that you could share? It's very tough right now. Yeah. For the young people, especially coming out of school, they have student loan to pay. But 
they have to stay focused. Right. Uh, life, life, uh, life is the, uh, it's, I don't know, but stay focused, save your money. Because uh, every little bit you have, save it. Because you never know where, where my life might take you. Agreed. Because some, oh, who knows that, uh, uh, where's that, 19, when we had the, the market. Oh, uh, 2004 was it? Yeah. The housing, housing bubble? The housing bubble. Yeah. Who knows, we might have another one again. At, at that time, if you save your money, you'll be able to purchase a house. Oh, 2000, but, 2008, sorry, 2008. But, uh, take advantage of your parents. That's all <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> you so heard I that, could, people? He said, take advantage of your parents. That's what I could say. Take off, <laughs> don't wash it, say you want to move out. You want to rent. Take advantage of, I know it's not good for needing you to say that. <laughs> But in the long run, Nadine will make more money if the <laughs> young people buying a house from her. <laughs> but uh, stay at your parents, save your money as much as you can, and then check with Nadine, buy a house. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, don't go buy a car, brand new car, this and that, clothes, this and that. No, save your money. Because you can't get back nothing out of buying a car. But in a house, you could get have enough equity and start your life right there just like I did right with the near miles I saved my money and finished pay for the near miles house borrow money from it and then uh, buy purchase other houses and uh, I took off from there right 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 so uh, save your money that's a good tip save your money so those the partying every night and, and drinking out no it's not, it's not it's important not, in the long not run. Not important. Well, my take for the millennials is it's that simple. Similar to what my brother just said. Uh, we young people, when I say we, not me per se, but mm -hmm. I'm talking to you all out there, the young peoples. Uh, you all have an intention of when you have some money on your hands, the first thing that you think about to let me buy a car. And you try to buy the car that you want. Cars is not a appreciated asset. No, not appreciated asset. It's not. Uh, it's not a demand. It's not something that you ha you need the car, but you don't have to have it. Meaning that. You need the car to you need the car to get you to here and there. You don't need the uh, 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 eighty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar car. You can get a car. I can tell about myself. Years ago, I'm I'm not I'm segue for a minute. Uh, I didn't have my best car until recently. So I was going to thirty years what they call I was driving jalapenos. And uh, whenever he don't want them to, when I, he's gonna uh, dump them. <laughs> I say, give them to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we. This is how we we were able to to save our money. We didn't buy no expensive clothes. 
uh, I know some of you millionaires out there might say, what this guy talking about? <laughs> Buying $150 sneakers, $250 sneakers. You don't have to. There's no need to do that. You can get around with a nice $30, $40 pair of sneakers. You can. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong now. I mean, you are young out there. There's a lot of peer pressure out there. Understandable. But at the same token, if you think you aim yourself three years from now, I have to buy a piece of property. It doesn't really matter. You could buy a co-op. You could buy a condo. You can buy a house. Then there is a way for you to, to lead yourself to the future. Now... What we have to do, uh, you know, as a millenniums, you have to think, listen, my time is now. When I'm in now today, right. as of today, right. if I used to buy the $200 pair of sneakers, I'm going to reduce it to $50. Then you save yourself $150. You put that $150 somewhere, forget about it. You was going to buy a pair of pants for $100. Buy one for forty, fifty dollars. That fifty dollars, put it with that one hundred fifty dollars. That money is sitting there somewhere. Forget about that money. You don't need. You don't need that money. Don't think in the back of your head. Yeah, I have two hundred dollars sitting there. Can I touch it? No, you cannot touch it. It's not for you. Yes, it is. It's yours, but it's not for you. You aim that money to buy something for whatever time that you meant it for. And one other thing that. Um, uh, people like to do I personally and myself as, uh, and my brother as well when you're buying your, your first piece of property don't buy the one that you want the one that you want is not for today it's for sometimes down the road like my brother said earlier and so as I you need to build sweat equities and you could talk to any advisors uh, they will tell you you need to buy something that where you're gonna put your hands on put your sweat into it don't buy something that where this is the best neighborhood for me right now no no you need something where you need to build equity with that property, my brother just just said that about two months ago. With the Nehemiah houses, he bought that Nehemiah houses. Then he, you know, borrow money from that. He paid it all, borrow money from that. There's a word in out there, other people's money. OPM. So, what do you need to do with that? It's fine. But it's going to be your time. If you if you think right and you you really build and aim yourself for a certain amount of time. Some people can say, well, I'm going to aim myself to three years. Some people say, I'm going to aim myself at two years. It depends what your income is. How can you do it? Then my brother again said it before. Utilize your parents. The money that you was going to pay the rent, you stay at your parents' house, don't take that money and abuse it. Use it wisely. And 
if you really use it wisely you will see within a year how much money that you have saved that's a good point um and i like the fact that talking about you know not using your parents but also asking asking your parents for help i remember when i was 22 and i was working at the hospital and i i would talk to you every day and because you know watching you own all this real estate and asking you how can i now become a homeowner and i wanted to become a homeowner early in life and i asked you i said will you help me and i i think i had to prove myself but ultimately you wind up helping me i, I was a homeowner at the age of 24. although i was a homeowner i wasn't technically a homeowner i i you purchased the house for me but i still wasn't on the deed so i wasn't a homeowner and ultimately you foreclosed on me that's another story and it, it it built me to where I am today because I am a homeowner now. But bringing that up, I'm talking to the, the, the kids out there and the millennials and the Gen Xers who have parents who have equity. They own homes. They have equity or they have parents who can help them. Because, again, right now, it's even though they save, it's just so, so hard. Start, you know, in Brooklyn, Queens. You're looking at a one family for a little bit under half a million dollars. So if you're a teacher, even a lawyer, or even a doctor, or a nurse, like you said, with student loans and with all of this and a high cost of living, it's still kind of hard to purchase a one family house. What is your take, the both of your takes on a, 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 you know, a, a Gen Xer or millennial asking their parents for help? What is, what is your take, help, financial help on buying a house? I think it's a good way to start really asking your parents because if you have parents, there's parents who really want to push their kids mm -hmm. and they will say okay, they will make a deal with the parents says okay, parents will say okay let me, I'll lend you a hundred thousand dollars but you have to pay me back a certain time mm -hmm. but it's always good to address your parents have your parent involved in certain decisions that you're making, especially uh, purchasing a property. And, uh, but I would like to come back with, uh, with the saving. Uh, it's good when you, uh, you want to save, but also speak with your job. Join the 401k. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, this way, you don't see when the month when they take the money out right and then uh when you're ready to purchase a house you could go ahead and borrow money from your 401k right and you're ready to go right uh, like my brother gerard says don't purchase your 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 dream house right purchase what you could afford then right. later on is gonna build up equity you could sell that and buy your dream house. Right. I like that that statement because uh, I didn't realize it then when he initially said, you know, building sweat equity. I didn't understand that. But later on, and even now being in real estate, I'm looking at people who want to buy a house and they say, oh, I'm looking for a foreclosure. I'm looking for a short sale. I'm looking for a house that needs work because I have a family member who can help me fix it up. And then when you show them those properties, and something that is a little maybe you know it's not half a million dollars it's 340 it's 350 it's 400 oh no this needs too much work this is a hundred that's the magic number there's a hundred thousand dollars worth of work in this house 
no, this there's $15,000 worth of work in this house. You put that sweat equity in and it's worth half a million dollars. But they don't have the vision because they want to see the HGTV. They want to see the houses that they see on, on, on social media, on HGTV, the million dollar houses. They want to move right in. They want to move in turnkey ready, move in house. But how are you going to afford that if you have, a, you know, if your income can't afford a half a million dollar house? So it's amazing how people hear that, but they still, in the back of their mind, they want a move in ready house. They really don't want that sweat equity. They don't want to build. What, what is your take on, on that? Let me let me go back a little bit yeah. on the on the parents. Yes. The the way a parent can help their children if the child or children do have discipline. When I'm in discipline, you have the child or children take responsibility of paying their bills. Mm -hmm. Then the parent can or wish that their child owned a piece of property. Mm -hmm. How would they do that? If you do have a discipline, the parents can see that you're responsible. Mm -hmm. Your parents possibly could take a second mortgage out of their property to help you buy your first home. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's not all parents will do that because if you don't have that discipline, responsibility of paying your bills then you not gonna have a discipline to pay the bills in your property therefore it's gonna be a foreclosure mm -hmm. it's gonna be a problem mm -hmm. then the parents gonna have a bills of their own then they're gonna have bills of your property that's the other way uh, that's one way uh, the other way is if the parent do have extra cash usually they do have some cash for their children and they could say okay I had saved this money for you over the years I didn't tell you about it which is years ago there used to be uh, double E bond triple E bonds that you buy and um, those bonds people used to buy them for the, for the price uh, then you didn't know anything about it and the parent decided to give it to you again they probably need to see your discipline can you manage because a lot of people can a lot of young people can lots can't mm -hmm. because pleasure is on their minds it's not uh, their life of the future of life is ahead of them yes it's there but that's not what they're thinking about that's that's another way right um yeah th this is true uh to talk about again we, we spoke about discipline about people the listeners understanding the importance of prioritizing what is you know what is a necessity and what is a want do you need to go out every night or do you need to do a lot of leisure things that will not yield an, any appreciation that will yield an investment or asset it's not necessary um, but I think it's important that if you the, the, the audience listening if you have a parent who has the ability to help definitely ask your parent because that's a good start and a good way to 
leverage your ability to purchase. Um, that's w one option. Now, what I wanted to know also is if you two had to do it all over again in the real estate game, is there anything in the back of your mind that you're saying, I wish I did that and that boat just sailed? Oh yeah, that happened. But sometimes you uh, listen to other people with the opinions and uh, it, 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 it make the boat sell. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, there's, there's some property that I saw. I really want to purchase them properly. But uh, as a matter of fact, uh, two years, uh, four years ago, by around my job at Crown Heights, they were selling those houses. That's four years ago, I'm saying 10 years ago. Uh -huh. They were selling these houses next to nothing. And I was right there. Those houses was on my fist. Say, come get me. And I didn't even purchase one. And them houses right now, selling for a million dollars. No, more. Significantly more than okay. million dollars. Yeah. And back then you could have get them very cheap, a hundred thousand. Like ten years ago you can get them for a hundred thousand. Yeah, especially next to my job on St. Mark's Avenue. They have this one family house. They were selling them. And they had those brownstone. They were selling them for two fifty. And nobody wants to buy them, but the neighborhood wasn't. Right, it was not that. But uh, it's it's good to go with your mind, what your mind tells you to do. Sometimes because uh, I wanted to buy one of them. Yeah. I don't know why I had it on my mind. Right. I wanted to buy one of them, but because all the I was listening to other people' uh, opinion. Uh, it really, uh, it really uh, make me think twice. Think, yeah, think twice, and says, okay, I, I, I don't want to do that no more, because they say it's dangerous, all this, all that. But now today I regret it. Right, 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 right. So, I'm if young people want to do something, it's good to listen to advice. But goes with your mind too. Right, right. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times, I tell this to people all the time, especially when I'm giving seminars, please do not listen to other people. Right. Sometimes, yes, they're, they're looking for your best interest. They, 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 they want to see the best for you. But a lot of people that you're listening to have not been where you've been. They haven't walked in those shoes. They, they, they don't have the same vision. They may not have the same vision that right. you have. And you will miss a boat, well, an opportunity that you cannot sure. get back. For sure. So when you're listening to people, just be mindful as to who you're listening to. And if you feel really strongly about something, go, go for, for it. it. Yes, I believe yeah, that I strongly. Yeah. See, with me, with, uh, with that, uh, if I have to do it all over again, of course, yes. Because I know in New York, there is no doubt the price would go up. It will not come back down. It will come down very little, but not as much. If you really believe that you you can make a little extra money, yes, invest in yeah. New York, in New York, because 
property that you buy today, even if my sounds crazy as I'm going to say it, you might buy the property for half a million dollars today. Looking at 10 years down the road, it's going to worth about seven fifty or maybe nine nine. It depends where you where you bought the property. And I looked at, I looked back at myself from properties that I purchased years ago, and people were telling me they were bed buys. I said that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to take my risk. <laughs> yeah. And now. You lied to the bank. Well, <laughs> I wanted to say that. I, wanna, I wanted to say that, but I said no. But really, yeah, I'm laughing to the bank because those are the same people that was telling me, like my brother said earlier. There's the same people that that say, "Well, no, don't, don't, don't do it." Which is, I made those mistakes years ago, back in the early '80s, late '70s. I made those mistakes down the Fort Greens property was for. For nothing, absolutely nothing. Forty thousand, you buy three, three uh, brownstone, limestones for forty thousand. Now they over two, three million dollars. Foot greens. Because I was listening to people. Yes, the neighborhood wasn't the greatest in those years, but again, if you think, and my passion always into real estate, always, and I know, in New York. There is is always a demand. Like I say, I don't know about the fifth borough, which is Staten Island. I don't know much about that, but I can tell you between these four boroughs, if you can, do it. Do it wisely. Would I go back? If would I do it again? Of course, yes, without a doubt. I'm not gonna have a second thought. If I find another property, I. If I have to go with Omar credit cards again, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I listen, will. Listen, you got to be creative. Yes. If you yes. if you don't have it right there in your face, you got to find a way to make it work because there's a way. There, when there's a will, there's a will. When there's a way, there's a will. That's it. And I always buy something people do not want. I don't buy something people want because if you buy something that people want right now, you're not going to make the money. So you gotta buy something people doesn't want, then you fix it the way you you think. Use your imagination. Right. Uh, right now, people have HDTV. You, I mean, that's a big, that's a big series to look at that HDTV because you're looking at the imagination. They're showing you a project that will takes five months. Mm -hmm. They're showing it to you in sixty minutes. Right. Right. And people think. That's right. the reality. reality. Exactly. And that is not the reality. Exactly. So a project like this, yes. it takes months yes. to do. It depends how you plan it. Yes. How you want to create it. You may have a project that takes you, it depends how you, you bought the property. What do you want to do with it? How you want to do it? Mm -hmm. You may have a project that takes you two months, three months. Mm -hmm. This depends on your creative creativities, mm -hmm. how you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But you can do it right you can do it right have faith and believe what you want to do have a have a mindset you're gonna do it yeah always learn uh we'll be willing to learn right uh once you have that mindset uh you're gonna make it i i have these things when people ask me how are you doing 
I always say outstanding, always improving. So this way, you know, there's more stuff you could learn in life. You need to improve of, and don't ever think you know it all. Mm -hmm. But uh, just life, life at all. You, you need life need improvement. Right. Right. So uh, don't ever say think that you know it all. Just learn, listen to other people talking, and uh, and uh, learn their their ways. And right. uh, if you learn their ways, you you could even take a piece of what you learn from Nadine, what I learned from Gerard, and then you you build a system for yourself. Right. 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 You create and your own. Yeah. Yes and uh as part of life right agreed um you know see I, earlier this week I, I was in williamsburg and again i i was i don't go there that often but i went there and i didn't share this with you uh i met there was a man i walked by and i was just there's something told me to i just gravitated towards him something told me to stop him for a second and just talk to him real quick and i asked him if he owned the building that he was standing in front of and he said yes and uh, I said I see a for lease sign is it available he said actually no it's not he said I just sold it I said how much did you buy this building for if you don't want me asking he said I bought this building in 1984 for $400,000 I said how much did you sell this building <laughs> for can you take a wild guess of I was I can tell me 70 uh how many family oh actually okay so it was a, a mixed use and then he pointed to the the building next door which was a theater oh. a 400 seat theater oh yeah so let me i should have backtracked yeah so oh. you have a 400 seat theater and then you have a mixed use the mixed use was like a storefront and i think it's i think it was like two storefronts like and, and the, well a storefront on the bottom and then upstairs was, a, was like office space i don't think he had anybody living up there so it's two stories plus the plus the the building next door, but I he bought them both for four hundred thousand. I would say well, right given now, you must have make about five million dollars. No, you say five. No. What do you say? Yeah. I would say the that neighborhood right now is so hot. I would say about maybe thirty five, forty million. Wow, you 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 shocked me with that. I I, I was blown away. He sold it for thirty million. Yeah, because wow. the yeah. neighborhood is hot. I it's that's beyond hot. That's like yeah. that's fire. Like you know, to buy a property in '84 for four hundred thousand and sell it for thirty wow. million in two thousand eighteen. See, South Fourth Street, South Four, South Fifth, all this. When he's you come six, up, he's six. When six. you come down the bridge, Williamsburg Bridge, right? Come down, coming from Manhattan to mm -hmm. Brooklyn, mm -hmm. those left hand side, mm -hmm. you could get them years ago. Literally, five, six, seven thousand for nothing. Because nobody wants to live there. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, those years I used to drive around. And I always said to myself, if I have a luxury to pick up a couple of them out there, and I will. But my wife didn't want me to go around there at that time. It was too dangerous. But my vision's always been there. Somewhere, like I said earlier, Fort Green. Same thing. Same thing. And people never believe some people let me say not people some people never believe in real estate don't get me wrong real estate is not for everybody right investment property is not for everybody so 
if you thinking about invest, think twice because it's not for everybody. Uh-huh. Okay. But let's go back to to uh down in Williamsburg. Mm -hmm. It's hot. It, I don't even say I don't even know if I would say it's hot like a hot potato. It's so hot. It's oh god. It's 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 over limit now. Yeah. They're branching out elsewhere. Right. No. That doesn't surprise me at all. At all. Well, it blew me away. No. I, I, I was definitely blown away. No, not me. Blown away. Not me. It's the same thing down uh, a park slope. Same thing years yeah. ago. Yeah. Same same thing. Yeah. People, you know, didn't realize how hot park slope would have been. And now look at this. Well, now you're talking about Park Slope, and then now look at Bedside. Yeah, well, look at Bedside yeah. too. Look yeah, Crown Heights. Right. I heard someone just sold a property in Bedside for six million. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for ironically, Bedside, I saw that coming because I was selling property in Bedside, and I always I used to drive down the blocks and see, even though you know you had high crime, I would go to Park Slope and then go right to Bedside and say, "This is like Park Slope too." I said no. I, I could definitely see this looking just like Park Slope. So I, I, I saw that coming. But I, I maybe I didn't realize how fast it looking. Yeah. But uh, that that you know we we touch on a number of things, but that goes to show you how important it is to have a vision, especially in real estate, because you never know where the next hot hot spot would be. You never know where the hot neighborhood would be. But if you're at least if you're in it. We need to win it. Yeah, okay. you can. You can. Uh, well, yeah, what I, what I would like to say about purchasing uh, a property too. You don't really lose in property. Right. Buying a uh, a property is the best investment you could ever make. Cause yeah. now the bank is not giving you nothing for your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So buying a property within two three years. You could have a equity of thirty, forty thousand dollars, depending on where you purchase the house, right? And or you could even have more. Exactly. So it's always best to think, especially for the young people and also everybody, it's best to try, try purchase a property. Right. Save your money, purchase a property. You can't go wrong with that. Right. Can't go wrong. So, so we are definitely uh well into over an hour wow <laughs> Ta see how time flies when you're having fun now i i'd like you to to share some parting words with the audience what would you like to say parting words well I'll, well i would like to s to say that uh i'm gonna use the word focus again stay focused in life and understand how life is and and uh if you have a dream work on it right especially if you have a dream of purchasing a house because that's the future right there because uh, you could have a job try to save 10 20 dollars it don't get you it'll get you uh, somewhere but buying a house it'll get you wherever you want to go much faster right but i uh, understand this though there's ups and down however you should think that that house is not gonna 
is not going to drive you out of proportion. It's going to drive you in to, to, uh, into the bank with profit. Yeah. And for sure, and I'm pretty sure of that, you're going to make profit. So don't listen to nobody telling you, no, you can't afford to buy a house. You can't afford it. You can't this. What, what bad for you, it could be another story for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what's good for me might not be good for you. Right. But do not let your dream go down because of somebody else's opinion. Bad right. experience they had. Right. Go on with your dream. Purchase your house if you wanna, if you have the, that desire. Right. Purchase it and wait for equity. And trust me, you're gonna love it. Agreed. You'll be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Thank you for those words, Dinda. Yeah. Thank you. And behalf of Jimmore Real Estate, we thank you, meeting, <laughs> uh, for giving us this opportunity to share our knowledge uh, with your audience. Having said that, uh, I just want to point out one thing. Well, not one thing, but I we want to close. But the, before I, we close, I want to point this out. Uh, my brother just mentioned that about a minute ago. That's what I was going to say. If you have, I'm using this number, if you have $30,000, right, and you take that $30,000, you put it in a bank, mm -hmm. the bank is paying 0, 0 0.05 or 0.03, how much you earn on that $30,000? Literally. In a month, you may earn maybe $3. $3. So check your bank account wow. or check your statement. You'll see. I'm, I'm just only using that number. Right. If you take that same 30000 you buy a piece of property. That same 30000 whatever you buy a co-op or mm -hmm. condo or you can't afford to buy a house with mm -hmm. it. And... Within the two year two years time, you can refinance that property and take your thirty thousand dollars out. So you live in literally living for free. That's just one way. That, yeah, that's yeah. that's one way to show you right where how far your money can go. Right. So you don't really have to look at your bank account. Looks so nice. Oh my God, I have that much money in a bank. Guess what? The bank doesn't look at your statement. The bank take that money, invest it, and make, and make money. Them. Yeah, make right. money off that money. Right. You can do almost the same. It's going to take you a little bit more time because you don't have as much as they have, and you can invest as, as they do. But at the same token, you can use the same philosophy to make it work for you. Mm -hmm. Once again. Jimmo Real Estate, Nadine, we thank you so very much. Thank hopefully, you. So yes. hopefully that we can do that again in the near future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bernard, thank Gerard. You.
thank you uh the morency family <laughs> the morencies uh for for this opportunity no seriously with your wisdom and knowledge i definitely wanted the both of your uh your perspectives and your stories uh to be shared over this airwave because i want uh, the the millennials the gen xers the 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 people who find it very very hard and challenging to find and purchase affordable housing right now think that they're they're in despair they feel like they're in despair they feel like there's no hope they feel like they they can't become a homeowner but you know you your stories you know not even being and growing up here growing up in another country coming here and working and having multiple properties and still still investing You're, you guys are still buying you're still yes, <laughs> indeed. you're still investing and yes. you know to show the testament of uh willpower of focus determination a lot of sacrifice i mean you guys didn't even touch the surface on the sacrifices no, that you've definitely made not not yet a lot of sacrifices <laughs> uh you guys wouldn't even believe but um but you guys made it yeah, you yeah, made it god we did thank god you made it you did it you're doing it, and uh, I thank you so much for sharing a small piece of your stories and to, to share a little hope with the audience. So don't forget the audience. Uh, if you want to buy a piece of property, you know who to call. <laughs> GMR Realty. That's the, that's the number. That's the name. They Keep know. that in mind. All right? You can find her on any, any social media. Yeah, yeah. So. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thank you so much, guys. Why don't you give them your uh, social media address? I, I'm about to. So oh, okay. yeah, it's uh. So again, it's Nadine Morency Moss from J More Realty. My Instagram is at J More Realty. Uh, Twitter is at Morency Moss. Facebook is J More Realty, and uh, my website is www.jmorerealty.com. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. What's Any questions? Oh, uh, they, they have my number. No, no, what's the phone number? My phone number is seven one eight. 216-0633 Thank you for tuning in. Any questions, feel free to send me uh, on my email is jmorealty at gmail.com. Have a great one guys. Take care. Bye bye.